Hello, I'm Adam, and welcome to Tales from the Potting Bench, a gardening podcast where you'll hear tales and stories from the most interesting and different people from the world of both indoor and outdoor gardening. This season is sponsored by the wonderful people at Plant Grow, producers of award-winning organic fertilisers made with zero chemicals, great for your garden and even greater for the planet. In this episode, I spoke to head gardener of Sarah Raven's Cutting Garden at Perch Hill, Josie Lewis. Josie talked about plant trials for upcoming catalogues and her love of dahlias and roses. So, for anyone listening uh, is not familiar with you or doesn't know what it is that you do or where you're from, who are you and what do you do? Uh, so, I'm Josie Lewis and I am the head gardener at Sarah Raven's Cutting Garden at Perch Hill. Uh, which is in East Sussex. It's a trials garden, really, for our mail order company. So we test out everything there that goes into our catalogues and our online website. This is starting to sound like an advert, but it really isn't. <laughs> oh, it'd be very difficult to have this conversation without talking about all of the ins and outs of it, wouldn't it? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's basically, and all the photography, I mean, beautiful photography by uh, Jonathan Buckley, is done at Perch Hill. Uh, it, it's it's not set up. It is what it is. This is how it grows. Oh, that's really uh, nice to know. Actually, I love that. Yes, yeah, yeah. We don't we don't sort of club things together, and yeah. you know, the, Jonathan will come in and he'll say, "Oh, that's, that's an amazing shot. The lights good here, whatever." Uh, and off he goes because he's been working with Sarah for so long. They he really know, understands what we're all about. So, how long have you been there at, at Perchell? This is my tenth year now. I've done ten years with Sarah. And how did how did that come about? What were you well, what were you doing before and how did you come to be working? Uh, well, my back my background is science. Uh, and then of course children come along and you can't come. You, know, you a lot of people change careers, a lot of people will understand this. And I took up gardening. Uh, easier, obviously, when you're looking after small children, bring them into the garden if the clients are willing. Uh, so I did that for a, a self-employed gardener for quite a few years uh, and then uh, I worked in a garden centre and that was you know if anybody wants to get into gardening that is a great place to start you learn so many plant names you know it's a great plant ID every day uh, so I'd really recommend working in a garden centre or a nursery you know equally support our nurseries yeah and then the uh, as it happened uh, a lady who worked in the cafe there also worked for Sarah Raven um, so Debbie said to me well, get in touch with Sarah, she's looking for a gardener. And it was within travelling distance, so I thought, well, I'll give this a go. Uh, and so started my lovely career with uh, Sarah. You never look back. No, no, I haven't. All the opportunities and things that I'm doing now, Gosh. you know, it, it was... Do you do talks and things as well? Do you do courses and things as well? You, you have, certainly have done in the past. Yes, yeah, that's right, yes. Uh, well, I've been teaching today, so Sarah runs the, the, the morning uh, course and I do the practical bit in the afternoon so all the propagation and things like that I show people how to do uh, not to be scared of these things yeah so what is it so so working with and alongside Sarah Raven I mean that that must be a kind of a daily incredible uh, I, I just every day must just be so just full of flowers and just I, I mean what is what is an average day like for you oh yeah I, I knew you'd ask that there's no average day no, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so I mean, it's brilliant because it's a real melting pot of ideas. It's 
a fabulous place to work. Um, Sarah, obviously, from a, a science background as well. Um, so between us, we love a trial. We love to get down to, you know, the really nitty gritty where it all starts. So there's a lot of interesting conversations that go on. I wouldn't say we always agree, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got to have some diverse opinions. I mean, garden, a garden is such a diverse thing anyway. So, you know, I'll describe a couple of days for you. I mean, if it's if it's open day. Uh, you know, we've got the public coming in to visit, then, you know, we're, we're all hands on deck running that. You know, the gardeners don't don't garden. We haven't got enough staff to mm. run the garden and an open day. So all the staff are involved with that. Obviously, you know, any visitors can come and talk to us and ask us questions about the garden. So that's quite nice. So we've just finished the last of our open days for the season. And then we've moved on to courses this week. So as I say, Sarah Anza has been a year full of flowers, the cutting garden course, uh, magnificent pots, uh, which we'd normally do with our Parkinson. So that that's all, you know, where the public's involved. But for day-to-day thing for the gardeners, so a Monday morning we'd have a, a walk around, discuss what needs doing for the week, see see where we're heading. We don't have specific gardens that we look after. The the gardeners will have a responsibility for a particular garden, but we all work in all the gardens, if that makes sense. Uh, so we'll walk around all the gardens, discuss what needs doing, and get on with it. You know, at this time of year, we're obviously doing a lot of deadheading and you know a lot of daily care. It's coming to the end of cosmos season and things like that. So masses of deadheading if it's not being picked for the vase. So a lot of a lot of the stuff that we have that we grow are used for our open dates and things for, for vase displays and all around the school. So it, it looks very wonderful and flowery when people come and uh, see us. I, yeah. can, I can only imagine one of the open days. I, I really need to come down and um, yes, yeah. One. It just it, it just always looks so fantastic. Yes, I mean to be fair, I, I've got a great team. They are a fantastic team, and it's been a tough season. We all know that as gardeners. Yeah, um, yeah. But they, you know, we the garden does look really quite good. Uh, the dahlias are fantastic this year. We mm. we don't water continuously. We look after the soil. Now that's our big thing. Look after the soil. And so the, the dahlias have responded really well to that this year. What have you struggled with? Uh, I mean, it has been a tough year for all sorts of different yes, things. Yeah. Can you say that dahlias have had a good year? And I think the few dahlias that we've got in our garden have, have done particularly well. Um, but yeah. I think you see, you kind of see online that, that that's not necessarily been the case for, for no, some people. No, you're, you're right. I've seen quite a few people say on Instagram that, uh, you know, their dahlias have struggled. But, you know, we haven't found that. And they are Mexican sunbathers, aren't they? So, so uh, yeah. they should have loved this season. And I think if, if you've got the soil right, then they'll be fine. It, yes, we've got mildew setting in now, but, you know, it's towards the end of September and I'd expect that anyway. So yeah. we, you know, we strip off their leaves like you would a tomato, strip off the bottom leaves and um, try and curb the spread of the mildew. Yeah, as much as you can. Are there, yeah. are there any other things at Perch Hill that you have been a particularly kind of uphill battle with the, the drought? And... Yeah, flocks. Flocks, flocks paniculata. <laughs> what a plant, honestly. So as soon as there's a drought or, you know, there's some which is more mildew resistant, like uh, Blue Paradise, which is mm. quite good. But mostly, you know, we have a row for picking from in the perennial cutting garden. No, they, they, they get covered in mildew. The leaves get all, you know, really droopy. 
Mm. Uh, we'd have to water them all the time. So I just said, enough of this. They're off with their heads. Uh, so we cut them down. Uh, and we did that with all the, all the ones that you'd expect to suffer. Yeah. So a still bees and things like that that you'd have in a shady moist border we just cut them all down because we can't keep watering them and to give no, the roots a, you know a fair chance of survival then uh, it does make you wonder what facing in coming years doesn't it yes but yeah again, you know things like dahlias and things really should thrive i suppose with the way that the weather's changing if there's one positive to take from it i suppose yeah that's right yes yeah we'll have to look more at mediterranean type plants and you know get our, our gardens on on that you know it, it it is a slow change but if if we think every year yes this is what's going to happen and gradually change our plants it's, it's not going to be like a, a massive knee jerk no. and change the whole garden it's not like that we just gradually have to be more aware of it. Is it quite dry anyway, Perch Hill? Or is it, do you, I suppose you say you look after the soil and I remember yes. hearing Sarah saying that actually about looking after the soil and that doing, I suppose, yeah. the majority of the heavy lifting. Yes, yeah, that's right. You can take care of the soil and it'll look after you. Become a lot more aware of that and looking after the ecosystem under the, under the ground, you know, not digging, just getting as much compost on top as you can uh we're lucky lucky obviously we have an organic farm Perchill is is a farm um so we've got a herd of cows and we have a big pile of manure so <laughs> that is very useful yeah we mix that in good obviously farm tractor so it gets rotivated in with our compost and then that mix goes on to the beds gosh i bet they absolutely love it yes which is probably why the dahlias yeah <laughs> being quite good yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it so in terms of being a trial garden what does that mean in terms of the way that you garden there as to the way you would perhaps garden in a in a, in a regular garden? What is the, okay. the process from kind of, year, you know, day one to it then appearing in a, in a catalogue? Um, so so we start off again, going back to dahlias. So we would be Sarah's been to Holland and she'll go through the trial fields uh, and choose any dahlias that she like. Um, and then the, the breeders there will send us tubers. So we will try them out next year, see how we get on, see how they perform. It's the same with with anything so we'll we'll look through you know any sources of inspiration see flowers that people are using and we'll ask our the the head office is in Marlborough and we've got uh, Gary who works there uh, will source all these seeds and things for us and plants that we like uh, so they'll be sent to us at the appropriate season and we will try them out you know see how they grow see how they react so what we're doing is trying things out for our customers so if we can grow them, and it's not under any special conditions, we grow them like our customers would grow them. You know, we haven't got fancy poly, we've got poly, poly tunnel, but it's certainly not fancy. <laughs> uh, so we struggle with that, like like anybody would, like a home gardener would. Mm. And, you know, if it doesn't grow for us, then how, how can we expect our customers to grow it? how much flower production there is if it has a good vase life in the case of cut flowers if it's a garden worthy plant really so that's that's the point of the trials it's to say to our customers yes we've grown this yes it's amazing yes please buy it yeah <laughs> I mean, everything that you you saying that is now is, is mentally i'm mentally seeing a sarah raven catalogue in front of me and flicking yeah. through all the colours. Is there everything that will have been in a catalogue or on the website? Is that at one point being grown at Perch Hill? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. That's, I mean, that's a tremendous amount, isn't it? It is, yes. Yeah. I mean, it, virtually everything. So, Gary, our um, plant sourcer, plant buyer, I should call him, you know, might have grown it in his garden. Mm. So, 
but you know, there's very, very few like that. Ninety-five percent of them have been grown at Perch Hill. And how big is Perch Hill? The garden is less mm. than three acres. Small, you know, for, for what goes on, it's small. So it's constant changeover. Yeah. You know, I'm always looking for the next bit of ground. We, we dig up. Sarah comes back with too many dahlias. I will, where am I going to put them? So we walk around, and she'll say, "We've just got to dig up this bit of the drive." So off we go. <laughs> And, and nothing stays from one season to the next necessarily. You know, the right. cutting garden. I mean, it's say in the cutting garden, we'll have our favourites that I know that all the florists will use. And then we'll add in you know, 20 new plants to trial. And, you know, the next next season, it'll be something different, yeah. which is why it's such a, an amazing job, because it's it's so challenging, so interesting, different all the time. Yeah, I bet um, it is. I mean, it's completely different to being a head gardener almost anywhere else, I would imagine, because you're not necessarily grow I mean as much as pleasurable as it as I'm sure it is you're not necessarily growing for your own enjoyment and that constant no. change must be a challenge but also must be quite enjoyable as well yeah I mean I love it it doesn't suit everyone uh, no. you know people who've worked with us have, have said well they, they don't say it but I can read between the lines <laughs> basically there's too much change and they can't cope with it you know because it, it's such a fast turnover yeah, but the, the other thing that we have to balance in all that is it it's Sarah and Adam's home it yeah. is their home garden you know they live there so mm-hmm. it, it can't be just lines and lines of trial stuff it's no. got to look like a garden and you know for visitors who come and see us they they need to get inspiration for their own gardens and if things mm-hmm. are just in straight lines that wouldn't work no, uh, cool. so uh, October the first uh we've obviously got masses of pots at Perch Hill mm-hmm. and there's I haven't counted them this year. I mean, there was 300 last year and there's more this year. So those will all start being emptied. So they're full of um, you know, tender tender plants. They'll all be emptied uh, and we'll start changing. We don't completely change the compost over for tulip, but we put some fresh on top uh, and we'll start planting tulip bulbs in containers. Uh, and then as things go over in the garden, then we'll start planting all the tulips in in the garden. Tulips, narcissi, you know, all spring yeah. bulbs. Really, yeah. we we have everything. So yeah, we do usually about fifteen thousand bulbs every autumn. So so it's quite a show. I bet. When when is the first open day of the season? Then so when will the next open day? Uh, be? So beginning of April. So we've got courses starting at the end of March. Right. Uh, so our first visitors will come in at the end of March. Okay. Yeah, April will be our open days for tulips. So we're I suppose in kind of a bit of research that I did about you, I know that dahlias are a particular love, but also you're a you're a big rose fan as well, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. So I suppose uh, this is kind of, I'm not saying coming to the end of, of your favourites of the year, but I suppose it kind of is in a way, isn't it? It is in a way, but, you know, we, we have varieties that all I've seen still flowering as we go for our Christmas holidays. Mm. Uh, you know, you pick the right rose and put it in the right place and it'll just keep on flowering. Uh, so, yeah, those are great. Of course, rose trials, we've done a lot of those. Did earlier in the year, we did a vase light trial. Okay. So we cut blooms from each of the roses that we've got on site. Little did I realise that we had a hundred varieties of roses on site. I mean, Good. you can look around for chill and say, well, where are the roses? But that's how many different varieties we actually have. Gosh. Uh, you know, because they're, they're up trees and over buildings yeah. and all these places we don't normally think, you know, they're not necessarily in the rose garden as such. Yeah, of course. I Where did your love of roses come from? I recently spoke to, I had Michael Marriott. On, oh, yes. Um, yeah. In the last season, which was just 
fantastic talk and then I went on one of his because he does tours yes uh, he does with, now. with his partner Rosie um, yeah. we went on one of around Shropshire not so long ago and it, you can just see Michael's eyes are flitting around looking for the, looking for a rose yes um, we had a good yeah. chat about kind of where his love of roses came from in his time at David Austin so where did your love of roses come from probably started so I was brought up in Wales on a farm because we didn't have roses in a garden there. They were all in the hedges. So all wild roses and all the rose hips, you know, all different, different shades of all obviously pale like dog roses would be. But amazing things. And then when I moved to Kent, I was walking through the village where I live and this amazing scent hit me. And I thought, what is that? You know, it's got to be a rose. Which one? Um, and it was Rosary de la Haye, which is the most fabulously scented rose. And, you know, from then on, I thought, oh, I've got to find more roses that smell like this. And so off I went. And of course, uh, you know, Sarah was quotes me as saying, you know, my favourite rose is hot chocolate, which it is because it's such an amazing colour. But it's quite a weak scent. That's its mm. only downfall. A really healthy, brilliant rose. But yeah. Not the scent. Yeah. Not the scent. I mean, Not it the... has got a scent, but... Nothing like rosary de la Haye. No, no. So thinking about all of those trials and everything, is there something that you that you've particularly really enjoyed this year, or is there anything that really stands out that we can expect to see kind of in the catalogues next year that you've really enjoyed growing this year? So obviously, a bit like the fashion industry, we work quite a long way ahead. So that'd be yeah. 24 when 24, first thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh when they come into the catalogue. What have I loved this year? Dahlias, sorry to keep mentioning dahlias, no, but there's, no. there's, we tried some brilliant new dahlias this year. I'm just trying to think of the seed things. We did uh, meadow, wild, wildflower meadows and things. We did a trial of that, which was uh, really quite interesting. So, yeah, I quite enjoyed the, those trials. We did do a Rebecca trial. There's the new Enchanted series that, that, that'll mm. come into the catalogue. That They are beautiful. Oh, I can't wait for that. I love Rebecca. Yeah, yeah they're, they're such lovely colours. Uh, they're, supposed, they're supposed to be hardy, so the trial will obviously carry on over winter and into next right. year to see if they are hardy. A lot of growers make claims which <laughs> uh, aren't necessarily true. Especially uh, which aren't with necessarily true. Climate, but, yeah. yeah. Mm, well, I look forward to seeing those in 2024 then, potentially. Yes, yes yeah. Okay, right. Well, I have got three questions that I ask every guest on the podcast okay. they're not hard questions as such they might be difficult to to answer and you'll understand when I ask the first one all right okay so if you uh, picture your own garden at home I'm presuming you've got a pretty healthy garden at home and that, uh, I, I imagine you don't have that much time to look after your own no garden. that is very accurate <laughs> <laughs> but imagine your garden if you had to uh, you, you may have already answered this to be honest but if you had to redesign your whole garden with only yeah. one type of plant so you can have multiple varieties of uh, of any plant but only one type of plant which would it be Oh, I think, yeah, you definitely know the answer to that, don't you? So, dahlias. Yeah. I think the only trouble with that is that somebody else said dahlias. I can't remember who it was, but the only trouble with that is that you then, you, if that were the only thing that you grow, you'd just have a yes. bare garden for the whole of Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Can I, could I underplant them with hellebores? Oh, yeah, go on then. <laughs> Especially the early flowering hellebores, which mm. start late, late November. Oh, you've thought this through. You've thought this through. I haven't at all. <laughs> I'm just thinking of say of Fertil and what we've got there. What you do, that, yeah. <laughs> Along a similar line, 
If you could only ever use one garden tool again and know the tools, which would it be? Oh, quite tricky. So can I have a long-handled tool and a short-handled tool? No, okay, long-handled. Yeah, go on then. So what what were you thinking? Um, So the long-handled would be, I mean, it, it, it looks like a poke, you know, to poacher's spade is sort of a mm. narrow bladed yeah. spade. Well, we've got one that is even narrower than a, a normal poacher's spade, but a very narrow blades. It's great for just anything because it, mm. it, it's like, it's basically like a trowel, mm. a really meaty trowel on a long handle. So That's great right. for planting, great for digging out perennial roots, great for planting bulbs. Yeah, I was going to say bulbs. That yes. Wonderful. Okay, and one final question, and the age-old question, I suppose, is if you had to impart one piece of gardening wisdom on a new garden owner, what would it be? Look after your soil. (laughs) (laughs) And it'll look after you. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It's where it all starts. If if you're not looking after your soil, nothing's really going to grow for you. hope you'll agree that it was fascinating to get an insight into the day-to-day running of a garden I'm sure we'd all love to visit. Open days have now closed for the season but will open again next spring. You can keep track of all the comings and goings at Perch Hill by following Josie on Instagram at Perch Hill Garden. Join me next week where I'll have yet another fantastic guest from the world of gardening. You can follow me on Instagram at View from the Potting Bench or subscribe to my newsletter to find out who that might be.